morning, church. Let's stand to our feet. Let's worship the Lord. All to the sin, the wind. 
want to invite you to be seated just for a moment. We have a very special presentation. Well, good morning, church. Good to see you this morning. This morning we have a very special opportunity to uh, honor our class of 2023 graduating seniors. So let's give them a round of applause this morning. And so we're going to give them an opportunity this morning just to introduce themselves, uh, tell you a little bit about themselves and uh, where they're graduating from and their plans after graduation. And so I'm going to turn it over to Allie Williams, our youth associate, and she's going to introduce our Thanks, Sam. Good morning, church. My name is Allie Williams. I'm the youth associate here, and it has been such a blessing to watch all of our seniors this past year. First up, we have Carter Altman. Hi, my name is Carter Altman. I'm graduating from Florida Virtual School, and I'm going to Flagler College in the fall to get a degree in computer information systems. My life verse is Philippians 3.14. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Thank you, Carter. All right, next we have Cassie Clark. Good morning, church. I'm Cassie Clark. I have graduated from St. Augustine High School, and I'm looking forward to continuing my employment at Flagler Hospital, along with going to school for physical therapy. My life verse is John 16, 33. All right. Come on down, Emma Curtin. Good morning, everyone. My name is Emma Curtin. I am graduating from Pedro Menendez High School, and in the fall, I'm going to be starting at um, <laughs> I'm going to be starting at Florida State University as an honors student studying um, political science. My life verse is Psalms 30:11. He turns our mourning into dancing. Thank you, Emma. All right, Bella Doan, come on down. (laughs) Hi, my name is Bella. I'm graduating from St. Augustine High School. My future plans are to attend the University of North Florida and major in elementary education. My life verse is Isaiah 60, 22. When the time is right, I, the Lord, will make it happen. All right, come on down. Emily Friedman. Perfect. Hi, I'm Emily Freeman, and I'm going to be graduating from St. Augustine High School, and I plan to get my AA at St. Uh, at St. Augustine, the, the river, <laughs> and transfer to UNF, and my life verse is Colossians 3.13, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Yeah. Thanks, Emily. Ethan Gadelman, come on down here. Good morning, church. My name is Ethan Gadelman. I'm going to be graduating from St. Augustine High School. I plan to major in computer science at the University of Central Florida, and my life verse is Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Thanks, Ethan. Christian Jackson, come on down here. Hi, my name is Christian Jackson. I'm graduating from St. Augustine High School. My future plans are to keep working and try to go to college. Um, my favorite life verse is probably Ephesians 6:11. Put on the whole armor of God, for you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Thanks, Christian. 
Kayla Lynn, come on down. Hi, my name is Kayla Lynn. I will be attending St. Well, there I go. I will be graduating from St. Augustine High School. I plan to attend Young Harris College to play lacrosse and also to major in sports and exercise science. My life verse is John 13, 7. You do not realize what I'm doing now, but later you will understand. Thanks, Kayla. All right, Haley Miller, come on down here. Hi, my name is Haley Miller, and I'm graduating from St. Augustine High School, and I plan to attend St. John's River to study early childhood education. My life verse is Luke 137, for no word from God will ever fail. And last but not least, Mr. Jonathan Scott. My name is Jonathan Scott. I'm graduating from St. Augustine High School. I plan on attending the river, and my favorite verse is Matthew 20:16. For the last will be first, and the first last. All right, and now we are going to have one of our senior leaders, Mr. Gary Buchanan, lead us in a word of prayer over our seniors. Amen. I'm going to ask our seniors if you guys will come down this way. In church, what we want to do is we want to send these seniors out with our blessing and our encouragement. And so the way that we do that, if you'll please stand, and just like you are physically laying your hands on and praying for their seniors, I want you just to reach out your hands as an act of prayer. And Gary Buchanan, our senior adult life group leader, he's going to pray over these seniors. And if you'll join us this morning in prayer. Lord, just thank you for each one of these seniors and all their plans they got for next year. Just guide them, come for them. Just know that you're there with them. No matter where they go, you're there. Just, i just so thankful for that. Thank you for what your son did for us on that cross. We just ask all this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Can we give our 2023 graduates another round of applause? Amen.
and the St. Gerard House, and then there's also a Bible study and time of fellowship to follow. We also want to thank you for your continued generosity in giving of your tithes and offerings to Anastasia Church. I encourage you to drive around back and see the great things are happening with our new building. It is coming to life. This, um, this Thursday morning, they are pouring the second floor, which is the children's floor, and we are so very excited about that. But that would not happen without your gifts of your generosity, and we greatly, greatly appreciate that. We thank you for giving. We thank you for praying for this new building and all that it will entail and the families that it will bring to us. If you would, join me at this time for a time of prayer. Father God, we love you and we thank you for your generous gift, the gift of your only son. God, thank you for a church that is invested into the future. Thank you for a church that values the future of our church and the children and the young families. God, we ask that every gift that is given be used in the way that glorifies you, in a way that expands your kingdom and is an outreach to our community. We love you, God. We forever are grateful for the gift of our free salvation and eternity with you. May you continue to be blessed through what is sung and what is spoken. God, open our hearts, open our minds. We love you, Lord. Amen. Hector, come and bless us this morning. Hector is our associate pastor at our State Road 16 uh, Spanish congregation. Let's give him a warm Anastasia welcome as he comes and brings the message this morning. Thank you, brother. Good morning, familia. It's a pleasure to be here. You all look so awesome here today. Uh, it's always a pleasure to be here and be able to bring God's word. Uh, you know, we, we've been in this sermon series, Building the Family. And uh, today we're going to be in Deuteronomy chapter 6. And as I read the scripture and prayed over the scripture, what stood out to me were some, some fundamentals that God wanted to impart on his people. That those things that he wanted his people to live by, those commandments, those precepts, those laws. And I want to just draw out today some of those fundamentals that are clearly uh, applicable to us today. So if you could please stand for the reading of God's scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 6. These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach to you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give to you, so that you may enjoy your life. Hear, O Israel. And be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey. Just as the Lord, the God of your fathers, promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. 
These commandments I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Father, we just thank you, Father, for your word. And I ask you, O Lord, that we may be able to hear you today, O Lord. That we may be able to hear, that we may be able to love you with all our hearts, with all our souls, with all our strength, Lord. And that you, O Lord, may impart on us uh, the fundamentals of your word of how to live a life that honors you, discipling not only those around us, but also our family, O Lord, building them up for your honor and for your glory. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, we, we need certain fundamentals as we live our Christian life. If we are to do God's will, if we are to serve him, if we are to live as children of God, we need certain basics, something, some, certain fundamentals in our lives so we could have a strong basis upon which to build up our family, build up our family, build up those that we find along our path, build up each other as a church. God tells his people, hear, O Israel, and be careful to obey. In other words, this was essential. This is something that he wanted them to get very clear and not forget. Um, what are those fundamentals? He says in verse 4, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. This verse has been called the Shema. This, along with the uh, verses that follow, are the fundamentals, the basic, the building blocks of the Judaic uh, life, of, of, their, uh, of their core beliefs. Um, this verse means that the Lord, Yahweh, is the only one. He is unique. He is not the one God, he is the only God. The only God that we serve, the only God that is to be first. He is to be first in our lives. He alone is God. But it's also the fundamentals that he instructed them to use, to teach, to disciple his fa their family, their children, the children of their children for generations to come. That generation that will enter the promised land. He tells them in verse 7, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Every living, breathing moment of our lives. This is what we should live. The Lord our God is one, the only one. He is unique. We have to use these fundamentals to build up our family, starting in our 
homes, of course, where our children, where our loved ones, where our spouses. The word of God is our guide. And God wanted them to remember that. God is the Lord God. These Israelites, some of them will eventually enter the promised land, right? They came out of Egypt from slavery to a new life that the Lord had promised them. God was going to give them houses which they had not built. He was going to let them enjoy vineyards which they had not planted. But he warns them. He, he wants to impress upon them that he is the only one. In other words, don't forget where you came from. Don't forget where I brought you out of. Don't forget who is the one who has you exactly where you are at this moment. You know, we were also slaves. We were slaves to sin, the scripture tells us. And we were saved through Jesus, our Lord and Savior. He saved us from the bondage of sin. 1 Corinthians 3.11 tells us, For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. He is our foundation. And the same way we are called to listen to remember that God is the only word, Lord. That, that word Shema in the, in the Hebrew not only means to listen, but to pay particular attention, to take note of. Uh, you know, sometimes we forget. Sometimes it's easy to get distracted. We live in a busy world. We have so many demands upon our time, upon our lives, we need to maintain that as the focus, that God is the only one. He is the foundation of our lives as believers. The foundation of our lives to, to be able to disciple others is God. He is the only Lord. He takes first place upon our lives. We live for him. We exist because of him. He tells us in verse 5, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. We can't be part-time believers. We can't be believers on Sunday or on, on that day of the week where we meet with our small group or just when we are amongst our Christian family, this is a full-time call upon our lives. This is a full-time devotion to the Lord who is one. He needs to rule every aspect, every detail of our lives, from, from our heart to our soul to our strength. Everything we do needs to be founded upon him. We are called to love him with everything we have. How do we use that? How do we build upon that to disciple others? Well, to me, there's no other teacher better than Jesus, right? He came down here for us to be a perfect example, right? 
We need to learn from him. Jesus spent more than three years discipling uh, the 12, right? He lived life with them. He, he it showed them what life was. He explained things to them even when they, they, they didn't understand. You know, many times we offer discipleship courses in, in, in church, right? And, and those are awesome churches, awesome programs, awesome uh, uh, studies to do. And I think that it's something that each believer should, should participate in. But these, these discipleship courses, what do they last? Six, seven, maybe eight weeks, right? Jesus spent three and a half years living life with his disciples. Discipleship is not just an eight-week course. That, that's just a foundation. That's the starting line. Discipleship is living our lives with others. Spending our lives with others. Sharing with them what God has done for us. Demonstrating to them what God means to us and how he will want us to live. That's what Jesus modeled for his disciples. You know, many times we, we, we understand the Bible is our guide. We, we, we can maybe even do a good job at applying it to our lives. But that's not discipleship. You know, many times we, we may even enjoy teaching. We may even enjoy sharing the gospel with others. But that's not discipleship. Discipleship is sharing our lives, allowing others to see Christ in us and having them just model their behavior according to the behavior they see in us, the godly good behavior that they could see in us. They become a copy of the godly influence in our lives. Uh, remember, the great commandment is not to evangelize. Uh, uh, you know, uh, we take that as a big part of it, but that's not the commandment God gave us. He called us to make disciples, teaching them everything he has taught us. Uh, what do we have to do then to disciple others, to disciple our families. That's where it begins, at home. That's why it's so essential that we begin to build our families. How do we start that? We know we have scripture. We know that he is the one. He is the only one. But how does that look in our daily lives? I just want to touch three basic concepts. The first one being is that we have to be present. We have to be present. We can't live our lives as believers as if we were isolated on some island, you know. We can't live as we are shipwrecked 
Like if we were on Gilligan's Island. I'm, I know I'm dating myself, but who remembers that, that show back in the day, right? Lost. Uh, uh, stranded. The SS Minnow just destroyed and we can't reach anybody else, right? Except our few little people that we enjoy. We can't live our Christian life like that. That's not what he has called us to do. We are the body of Christ. He calls us to grow together. He calls us to be the interconnected tissue that forms the hands and feet of Jesus to build each other up in love. Ephesians 4, 15 and 16 tells us, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, we are ligaments. We are what binds this body together. It says, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Take note. Each part does its work. We each have a part to do. We each are important in the body of Christ. We each are significant in his work. None of that, none of that could happen if you're not present. When these doors open, our desire, if we are part of this body, should be to be here. I, I understand we can't always be here. I understand uh, sometimes we, we take time off with our family. Sometimes it, it, we go on vacation, and that's great. I think the Lord has purposely built in uh, times of, of Sabbath in, in our lives so we may rest. There's nothing wrong with that. But our desire, our desire, even when we can't be here, should be to be here with the body, to be gathered together. Uh, it shouldn't be if I have nothing else going on on this Sunday, I'm going to come to church. We, sh we shouldn't think, well, I, I don't know if I'm going this Sunday because, you know, I, I just don't like what that preacher from uh, Anastasia Espanol said. You know, I'll be gone next week. Don't worry about it. We can't get offended. It's not about us. It's about what God has called us to do. Those are the devil's lies. Those are the devil's schemes. That's what he is using to try to break us apart. When we say and think those things, we are going against God's will. What does the word tell us? Ephesians 6 and 11 and I think one of the young men today uh, had this as their life verse. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. 
Take your stand. We don't run. It's the devil's schemes. He is scheming to tear us apart. As the body of Christ, we need to take a stand on these fundamentals. The Lord is one. We need to take a stand. God commanded us to build up our family, to disciple others. Sometimes we are present. Sometimes we, we even serve. But as soon as the last song is sung, we run out like the building was on fire. We hit for the nearest exit. Even in our homes. Unfortunately, sometimes we are each in their own corner, just spending time with our electronic devices, ignoring those around us. Being present starts in our home, not just in church. But sometimes we are physically present, but we also have to be accessible. We have to allow others to be part of our lives. Sometimes we, like I said, we come to church, we serve, uh, we, 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 we're here on a consistent basis, but we don't allow others to be part of our lives. You know, that, that's just far enough right there. You know, I served, I, I served your children, I, I ushered at the door, I shook you. I, I shook your hand, but that's just far enough. I can't offer any more. I need my space. It just hurts me when I hear those words. I need my space. That's not what God designed us to, to do. He didn't design us to be alone. We need to open up our lives. We need to model Christ for others. We can't do that if we are not allowing people to be part of our lives. When was the last time you took time to build up your spouse, your children, to listen to them, to spend time with them? Discipling begins at home. You know, we have great leaders in, in this church. Uh, I'm a testament to that. I, I came here. I've been blessed. Pastor Walter, uh, Pastor Gregorio on, our, on my campus. But the person that edifies me the most is not Pastor Gregorio. It's not Pastor Walter. It's my wife. She spends the most time with me, unfortunately, she can't get rid of me. It seems like I'm always there. But she knows how to build, build me up, edify me. And we need to do the same for each other. That's what we are called to do as believers. First Peter 4, verse 9 and 10 says, Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. 
faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. It says we should practice hospitality, not to strangers, but one another. Peter must have known something was wrong because he adds, without grumbling to disciple people, we need to show hospitality. We need to be accessible. We can't hide. But are we, when we are accessible, do we allow others to see us as we are? It's impossible to serve others if we can also be vulnerable. We have to allow others to see us as we are. We have to allow others to love us unconditionally. Paul spoke and he said, we have spoken freely to you, Corinthians, and opened wide our hearts to you. We are not withholding our affection from you, but you are withholding from us. We have to open our hearts to each other. We need to show our emotions to others. 2 Corinthians 12, 10 tells us, that's why for Christ's sake I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul was willing to show others his weaknesses. He was vulnerable. When he was at his weakest, he was at his strongest. He didn't hide that from people. Even Jesus and himself, when he was told that Lazarus had passed away and he arrived at the tomb, did Jesus just say, ah, he's going to be all right? What happened? What did he say? What did he do? Shortest verse in scripture, right? Jesus wept. He was vulnerable. He demonstrated to others his emotions. We are going to be, we have to be vulnerable. Part of being vulnerable is asking for forgiveness because we will fall short, right? We will at times do things that don't honor God. We will maybe uh, not behave in the best form. But James 5.16 tells us, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and, and effective. We need to let people in. We need to be present. We need to be vulnerable, even in our weaknesses, even when we have fallen short. We need to be able to ask for forgiveness. When is the last time that your spouse, that your children saw you ask for forgiveness. We need to be able to let people see us even when we don't look our best. We need to stop hiding, stop separating our lives from our godly life and our other life. I was reading a book on discipleship by Bill Hull, and he speaks about... Um, the spiritual walk and how we are to be if we're going to disciple people. And he says, uh, Bill Hull writes, he says, let me point out that I believe there's no distinction between the everyday life and the spiritual life. We all have 
just one life. Everything is interwoven and God works in all of it. There is not a spiritual life. There's just your life in God. That's it. He works through all your lives. In your spiritual life, your spiritual life is your life. That's it. If you have called yourself a believer, he is our foundation. If we are to hear him, if we are to be careful to obey as he commands, then we need to be present. We need to be accessible. We need to be vulnerable. Amen. And as I pray and, and we sing this last song, the altar is open. If you found yourself somehow falling short, if you need to open up to, to God and maybe to your very own family, the altar is open. Listen and obey what the Lord has called us to do. The Lord God is one. Father, we just thank you, O Lord. We give you all honor and glory because your word speaks to us, O Lord. We ask that we may hear it clearly, that we may be able, O Lord, to draw near to you, O Lord, that we may be able to use it to build up your family, O Lord, that we may be present, that we may be accessible, O Lord, that we may be vulnerable, O Lord, that we may just build each other up in your love, that you may become so very real in our lives, O Lord, that, they, they, that we may have no distinction between our life with you and some other life, Lord. We give it all to you. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you. Come renew all of my
Thank you for this word this morning, brother. Thank you. Appreciate you. What's happening, what the Lord is doing out of 16. Church, let's pray as we go from this place. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord grant you his peace. Church, have a wonderful Sunday. God bless you. Go in peace.